Welcome to Headed Someplace, a show where strong, inspiring, enduring women share their stories with us. My guest today is Janet Cole, and this is actually the first show where we talk in person. So I was testing it out. I only have one mic, and ideally you'd have two, because if I had a separate mic, for example, I'd be able to turn down my super loud laugh while still keeping Janet's voice nice and loud and clear, but you're just going to have to endure my outbursts for now and my really loud laughter or buy me a mic. I mean, it's whatever. Also, we recorded in my closet, which also doubles as a bathroom in my house. We live in an old historic house, and so it's kind of quirky like that. So you'll hear us talking about that too. Um, Okay, so without further ado, here is Janet. Okay, Janet. Thank Hi. you for coming to my bathroom and closet today. <laughs> this is the first show I've done in person, and so I'm excited. Well, it's my first podcast, well, so we're even. <laughs> That's right. Um, can you start out telling us just a little bit about who you are and what you do in life? Okay. Well, I am a single mom, and I have four children and have twin daughters, who are almost 32. I don't know that I realized they were twins. Yeah. Oh, they don't look awesome. a thing alike. They don't? No. How funny. Um, and don't act alike. Uh, <laughs> so cool. my boys are 25 and 23. Okay. And I have six grandkids. Oh, And man. one in heaven. Mm-hmm. And then I am in sales. I work for Garage Innovation. So. Okay. I organize garages for people. Whoa. I know. I don't want you to come see mine then. <laughs> or maybe I do. Yeah, that's, no. that's It's awesome. a fun job. It really is. It's their idea. No cold calling, no quotas. I mean, oh, it's man. ideal. So it's, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So do you like go to their houses and, uh-huh. and just yeah. arrange it? Yeah, I you measure their garages <sighs> and um, when I'm there and do all the measurements and I go into the CAD system and prepare a 3D drawing of their garage and kind of oh, come up my. with a plan and submit it to them and... That is so cool. I know. I love it. <laughs> How long have you been doing that? Uh, four and a half years. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Yeah. Okay. So we start every show by asking, um, what is something about you, like a unique fact about you that not a lot of people know? Are you talking about just a fun fact? Like, Yeah. Just like, uh, I was in a beauty pageant in high school, which you could have been. <laughs> no. <laughs> Lord, no. Um, no, I... I mean, I went to the same school all 12 years okay. and, and could probably, if you gave me the yearbook without their names, I could name every person Okay. in there. Did you so, go to a small school? Yeah. It okay. was class of 83 and I had 83 in my okay. graduating class. So, but. Okay. So does that mean, does that mean you'll tell us how old you are? Or do we have to do the math? <laughs> no, no, I'm 53. You're Just, 53. Yeah. Y'all, she does not look 53, okay? Well, you're so sweet. Thank <laughs> we'll you. pictures up. Um, okay, so I really want to jump right in with you because sure. I feel like there's so much history I would love to cover. So take us back to your first marriage. How old were you? How, okay. what, like, tell us, like, what that was yeah. like. Yeah, okay. Well, he was my high school sweetheart. Okay. We started dating when I was 16. We got married when I was 18. Um, I, yeah, we did wait till New Year's Eve. A lot of my (laughs) classmates got married that summer. So we did wait six months. Well, aren't you guys Um, wise? Yeah, so wise. (laughs) Um, So it was probably not a good choice to marry him, but it was just what you did. Mm -hmm. And that's what people did back at that time, especially in the rural area where I lived, the majority Mm -hmm. didn't go to college. My parents um, didn't have the means to send me to college. So marriage was the the next next option. But I knew that I shouldn't marry him because he had already seen signs that led me to believe he wasn't the right choice. I even cried on my wedding day, Mm. like even knowing in my gut, but it had already come too far. You know, I had the dress on and had, um, you know, everyone coming and, you know, I couldn't back out. I mean, yeah. it was, it was my way out of the house and it's just kind of what you did. I got a job yeah. and got married. Yeah. And then yeah. how long did that last? We were married four years. Okay. And, um, we had our twin daughters. Okay. Um, when we'd been married around two and a half years, okay. I had just turned 21, April mm-hmm. 20th. And had them May 31st. Wow. So I was barely 21. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there were things that happened 
during our marriage before I got pregnant that if I'd had wise counsel, Mm -hmm. I probably would not have had children Mm -hmm. with him. And Mm -hmm. please in no way hear that and think that I am not so thankful for my girls because I am. I know you are. I am. He was just not built to be the daddy that they deserved. Yeah. And, um, had made some poor choices, but in my mind, I married for better, for worse. Mm-hmm. And um, I just got the worst on a lot of mm-hmm. lot of areas. And he um, had shown signs early on in our marriage that there was an alcohol problem. Mm-hmm. And that did end up coming to be and yeah. uh, made some very bad choices. Yeah, I mean, my Christmas Day night was the police coming and raiding our home and mm-hmm. um, because he had broken in to somewhere he was in jail at this point and had stolen stuff and my so my world like there's a Christmas tree with Mm. all of our gifts still sitting under it Mm. and I'm faced with who is this man yeah um, that totally went against anything that I'd ever believed in or um but that kind of triggered of like I need to get help and started going to AA and so I had this kind of a confirmation that maybe he was going to be better. Okay. So you started going to AA just to support him? Yeah. Okay. With him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so he wasn't drinking. He was, there was, there was mm-hmm. all those things. And so, and I wanted to be a mom so bad. Mm-hmm. And so we, we started trying and had it and got pregnant right away and found out at 18 weeks that there was twins in there. <laughs> um, like, which was, like, if you've ever like been so scared that your knees were knocking, like, that was me (laughs) literally (laughs) physically like my knees hurt like and so he thought he found another one during the ultrasound I was like stop yeah just two is enough please stop looking like first of all when he said I see two heads I thought I was having a two-headed baby yeah okay we're going in the circuits like here we go um yes scared to death yeah um and so that was at 18 weeks okay and that's when everything started spiraling again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was just that news of knowing that he was going to be responsible for two just took him down a dark path again Mm -hmm. um and it just never never got better Mm -hmm. after that just it was a very toxic toxic environment Mm -hmm. um physically mentally um it was just a very unsafe environment yeah and so i on New Year's Day, so exactly mm-hmm. four years, mm-hmm. I told him that I was just done. Yeah. Like, I couldn't, I could not, you know, yeah. continue to live with him yeah. in the state that he was in. So, yeah. Yeah. So, 22 years old. Wow. I'm a and you're single, single mom, mom with 18-month-old twins. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, what did you, what did you do when, you know, how far from then until you met your, your next husband? Right. Um, It was a year. Okay. Yeah, when I met him in January Mm -hmm. of the next year. Do you feel like you had, I mean, I feel like I know the answer to this. Do you feel like you had healed at all in that year or just kept going? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, because back, you have to remember, this is in the late 80s. Yeah. So um, counseling um, was just more taboo. Yeah, only really people with really bad problems. (laughs) Sure, yeah. It it wasn't even accessible. It wasn't even something. Um, I... Yeah, I chose yeah. to just do um, things that were not not healthy. Okay. I looked to other men. I mean, mm-hmm. I can look back on it now and know, like, I was trying to fill a hole mm. with, you know, other men or relationships. Mm-hmm. And those ended up not being good choices either. So towards the end, before I met Mike... Like, I, I literally sold everything that was baby. Because at this point, you know, they're almost two and a half years old, mm-hmm. the twins. And I was just going to be the three of us. We were the three musketeers. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not getting married. I'm like, uh-uh. Like, yeah. I had an unfaithful husband. I dated two guys that were unfaithful. Mm-hmm. And so I had just pretty much resigned myself to the fact that it was just going to be the three of us. Mm-hmm. So then you <laughs> met Mike. Mm-hmm. And you guys were married. Yes, we were married a year and a half later. Okay. Like two days after the girl's fourth birthday. Okay. And did yeah. you feel like this was different? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because, um, for one thing, he was in college when we started dating. He was 
four and a half years younger than I was. Hey now. I know. Hello. Uh, yeah, he was 19. So, oh my goodness. That's yeah. too funny. And then 20 when we got married and I was 25. Okay. Um, but he was very wise and mm-hmm. mature for his age. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in college and he was, he wanted to be an attorney. And yeah. so he just, on paper, he looked really good and we yeah. just clicked. I mean, we mm-hmm. had everything in common, just never fought. Mm-hmm. Um, I really thought, you know, I'd found my Prince Charming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did he take care of your girls well? He really did. And I really feel like. Well, first of all, I would say that he, I always tell people that he fell in love with the girls before he fell in love with mm. me, and that me watching him father mm. the girls and just love them and be so involved with them was very appealing to me sure. because, you know, during this time while we were dating, my first husband, Tim, um, was arrested for selling drugs to an undercover agent. Mm. And so I, um, so we went to prison mm-hmm. for that because he had had multiple DUIs and, right, you know, an arrest record before um, he ended up having to serve some time. So I, my child support ended. Yeah. So I worked okay. 40 hours a week and wow. I waited tables at night, wow. you know, to be able to um, support the girls and I, you know, I would go to bed hungry sometimes at mm. night. Um, sometimes all my girls towards the end of a pay period would get SpaghettiOs. Yeah. And I couldn't even afford the ones with meatballs. Yeah. Like it was wow. just enough for them to eat. So, I mean, I was struggling, Yeah, you know, and so here comes a steady somebody that could rescue me. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it was very appealing to me. Yeah. And so you guys had Two boys then. Yes. And y'all were married for a while. Yes. How many years? <laughs> um, 17 and a half. 17 and a half. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. What, can you tell us what happened? Yeah, I was just madly crazy in love with this man. And um, so before we got married, he admitted to having an affair. And, um, but it was a one night stand. So that just rocked my world because that's what I'd been through in my first yeah. marriage. And I was like, not going to marry this man. And like, he just kept pursuing me just mm-hmm. like he was relentless. And I thought, well, who am I to not forgive him? And yeah. everybody makes mistakes. And, yeah. um, and you needed a rescuer. I did need a rescuer. Mm-hmm. And my girls were already in love with him and they were already mm-hmm. calling him daddy. Mm-hmm. And, and and I realized I saw such true remorse in him yeah. that in my mind, I just told myself, there's no way he could do that to me again. Right. He feels so bad. Mm-hmm. There's just no way. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> that, um, that was true for a while. Yeah. And, and so I feel like what held our marriage together and first of all, God was a part of our marriage mm-hmm. um and god was not a part of the first one. of my first one okay. i was saved when i was 10 years old and had every intention i wanted to marry a preacher like i just loved the lord and yeah thought i could save this bad boy mm-hmm. and it worked out so well <laughs> and then mm-hmm. um ended up straying away yeah. from my relationship with god yeah. and then mike and i didn't start off that way mm-hmm. but Right before we got married, we were both, you know, believers and just recommitted our lives to him. And so he just became consumed with, like, leading people to the Lord. And, mm. like, we started a Spanish-speaking church because we were in Wichita Falls for 18 years, okay. you know, during our marriage. Um, okay. And then, like, he was a missions minister and just... It was an unpaid position because he was a pharmaceutical sales rep. And so he had some flexibility with his job. Like, okay, he just had a passion for that. And we were the interim youth minister when our youth minister left. Wow. And just, he was a deacon. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind. You were safe. We were safe. Yeah. Like from anything happening. Like our friends all thought we had like this ideal marriage. And because when it all it came crumbling down. Mm-hmm. My friends told me, like, you could have given me a thousand couples mm-hmm. and never. I would have never picked you guys yeah. to be the one that didn't make it. Did you feel that way too, kind of? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so I, 
in 2004, I found out that um, he was um, in love with his partner, um, his pharmaceutical sales rep partner, and mm. um, we were friends and friends with her and her husband, mm. and had done things together. And um, but I was not giving up. Yeah, because I'm I love this man, and I was not going to be divorced again. Yeah, that was not happening. When it all came into the light, did he did he want to work things out with you, or was he just like, no, I don't think I want to. Um, that was the hard part because I had seen remorse before. Mm, so you knew the first time. He I knew what remorse looked like. Yeah. And this time it was just, sorry, he got caught. Yeah. Is kind of, is the feeling that he was giving me. Mm-hmm. So there was just, he was just done, um, and checked out. Mm-hmm. And I think he was so blinded by her yeah and the feelings that he had for her that he could not he could not choose me mm-hmm. and he could not choose us mm-hmm. as a family mm-hmm. and even when I would even tell him you're choosing her no I'm not mm-hmm. you, you know he was it. yeah he was just in denial right um he didn't want to be divorced um he didn't want to give her up. Yeah, yeah. He wanted his girlfriend <laughs> and his wife. But, I mean, it was like, we, you don't get both. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's one or the other. So If y'all could see our faces, like, so sympathetic. Like, you don't get both. <laughs> like, you're so sweet. Um, and even he told me he didn't love me. And mm-hmm. I even told him, like, that's okay. Yeah. Because, like, mm-hmm. I truly believe that God is, you know, capable of doing anything. And so he... Um, you can fall back in love with me. Yeah. So you just have to not see her again. Yeah. And you just need to go to counseling to see what makes you cheat. Like what, yeah, what there's is something underlying. It doesn't, you just don't wake up one day and say, I think I'm going to cheat on my spouse. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, right. There, we all have thorns. We all have temptations yeah. that we have to fight every single day. Um, and that doesn't mean that we just ignore them. Right. We have to go and explore and see Actively, where, yeah. what is the root of right, that? Right. Where is that coming from? And why, why do I choose to not be faithful? Mm. And so I stayed with him for two years, okay. just wanting and desiring our marriage to be saved. And, and he was with her the whole time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So he caught him at her house. And I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And to me, he had made his choice. Yeah, you yeah. know. And and so, as sad as I was, I just, I told him I was done. And you know, I know, like in the back of my mind, like I wanted so bad for him to just fight for our marriage. Mm-hmm. And I had hoped up until the day of our divorce hearing, mm-hmm. like I wanted him to just be remorseful and fight for us and tell me that he would do anything to save our marriage and just choose me. That's all I wanted. Like at my divorce hearing, like I literally was bawling the entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, I have told people that the stenographer over there, I swear she was hugging me with her eyes. Mm -hmm. Like, because I was, I did not want Want to be divorcing the man that's standing next to me. It's like I stood in front of him and promised forever and made a covenant with him. So, and here I am 17 and a half years later before a judge ending a marriage that I don't want ended. Yeah. So my heart was just ripped out. That was probably one of the hardest days of my entire life. Mm. How many years ago is that now? Like 10 years? Yeah, it was 10 years. Um, December 21st. Okay. Merry Christmas to me. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. It was 10 years. So do you feel mm-hmm. like you've forgiven him? Oh, yes, for okay. sure. God was so gracious in putting a life training opportunity in front of me that it was originated by Dr. Phil okay. um, that yeah. I went to in Dallas. My parents did one of those. Yeah. yeah. And just got some major healing. Wait and, a minute. I saw this on your profile. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's discovery. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I've heard yeah. of that. I've actually had a lot okay. of family members that have done that. Oh, really? That course too. Yeah. I could possibly know them. Yeah. You probably could. Because <laughs> I've been doing it for 10 years. 11 wow. years actually. Okay. So yeah, okay. I got to work through 
a lot of um, the pain and the hurt and the rejection Mm -hmm. that comes from that. Um, the lies that Satan wants you to believe about yourself, yeah. about that you're just not enough. Yeah. And, or that's the way, that's the lie he continually wants to whisper to me. He's yeah. like, you know, if you're enough, Janet, then he you might be able to hold on to a husband. Oh, man. You know, mm-hmm. or um, just not good enough or um, too much. Yeah. Just too much. Too much or not enough. Total, I totally, totally get those feelings. Yeah. Um, and so... <laughs> Anyway, so just working through that, I knew that forgiveness is not just, you know, for the person, but it's for you mainly. Yeah. You know, and because it just, it hooks you to them. Like you can't release them as long as you hold any kind of bitterness or resentment. Mm-hmm. I wish I could sit here and tell you that in the last 10 years, that the bitterness and resentment never creeped back in, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. we have to remember that forgiveness is not a one-time thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you that if so, you feel like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes we have to forgive over and over. Mm-hmm. And it would be things that would come up. Sure. Whether it be financial reasons or just different conversations we would have or, you know, that would that would creep back in there mm-hmm. and I would like have to forgive him again. <laughs> yeah. What does you know, that look like? Yeah. I mean, I know it's a long process. It's hard sure. To, it's just acknowledging it and, yeah. and just knowing that, you know, I am loved by God who forgives me every single day mm. and shows me so much grace, you know? And so that's kind of the area where I always goes like, who am I mm-hmm. to not forgive him? Mm-hmm. You know, Acknowledging like this, this hurts me. Mm-hmm. This is not okay. No, but no. I'm gonna choose to, yeah. to. I don't know. Let it go. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, for sure. And it also like it's not um, is not just about the person you're forgiving. It's forgiving yourself. But we also have to hold on to the truth too of knowing that it in no way justifies what they did. Mm. I think some people feel like. Oh, if I forgive them, then it's making it okay what they did to you. That Mm. is not true. Yeah. It does not make it okay. It doesn't justify what's been done to you and make it all of a sudden okay or right or good or no, it's still hurtful. It's still painful. Um, But forgiveness is for you and it's because it's what God commands us to do. Mm -hmm. You know, he... We're we're called to forgive our people that have sinned against us and to turn the other cheek and um, all the things that we we know and we've read, but we don't always do <laughs> want to follow. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Okay. So with your kids, um, I'm sure there's like lots of forgiveness you've had to do towards him with them. I mean, because for yeah. you, it's one thing of somebody like abandoning you. Yeah. Or not abandoning. That's a strong word. Well, um, maybe. No. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know if he's abandoning them, but no. but somebody that like. But it could look like that to them. Right. And that's the last thing I wanted. Right. That's the thing that I told my kids from the get-go as soon as this all happened. Because my girls were freshmen in college. Hmm. So when the boys were 12 and 14. Wow. Um, and so I just, you know, had to just just tell them, like, it's so important for you to forgive him because he, at the end of the day, he's still your dad yeah, and he loves you. Yeah, yeah. He made, he made a bad choice, but it does not mean that he does not love you and he needs you now more than ever. Mm-hmm. And I tell my kids, first of all, that are the boys for sure. Like the only thing that changes is his zip code. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, and his address, like the love that he has for you, the way he feels about you does not change yeah and to tell my girls that they were older and knew more than the boys did I only answered their questions I was never going to be dishonest with them which was the advice I got I got from my Christian counselor Mm -hmm. um, that I was going to who was an angel Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but it was I had to just keep encouraging the boys to to see him and like Mike would come pick them up every morning and take them to school and we didn't have set you know every other weekend they were free to go be with their dad anytime they wanted and all I wanted from this was for them to try to come out as unscathed as possible yeah 
because it was not their fault that this happened and never wanted them to feel any kind of rejection because, you know, I'd had that growing up and, um, and that was the last thing I wanted for them Mm -hmm. was to, to feel that Mm -hmm. in any way. Um, and so even, you know, if Mike and I were having conflicts through texting or on the phone, it just never got brought to their attention. Yeah. Like my choice was to stay on the high road. I feel like the view is much nicer Mm. from up there and um, wanted to just to never be the kind of ex-wife that talked bad about their Mm ex-husband. I was never going to not tell the truth if I was asked. Right. You know, and even like today I'm sitting here telling you the ugly parts yeah but there was a lot of beautiful parts about him mm-hmm. and he gave me two children I mean he ended up adopting the girls mm. um because Tim never saw them after they were three um obviously was way behind in child support so you know we had the formal adoption wow. you know process when they were eight years old and Mike's on their birth certificate um, Tim sadly ended up committing suicide wow. um, when the girls were 10. And so there's, he is their only dad. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the only dad they know. That's the only one they remember. And so, I mean, I'll be forever grateful, mm. you know, for the way he has loved our children. I mean, I wished that he had loved, you know, their mom and I wished mm-hmm. we were still married and, Mm-hmm. Um, and doing life together, we'd be empty nesters together, and yeah. you know now. But that's just that's not my story. Yeah, that's not that's not the ending I got. Is that like hard to deal with even now? Like that you're not um, with anyone? You know, no. Just because I'm so content mm. and at peace, and trust me, it's taken ten years. <laughs> it just doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you don't spend almost 20 years of your life with someone and then just, you know, within a blink of an eye, go, okay, I'm good. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> which yeah. is something I was told um, not too long ago and totally believe it to be true that in the society that we live in today, we don't mourn enough. Right. We don't we'll move grieve. on. Yeah. You know, pull up those bootstraps and let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm over. I'm done. It's gone. Okay. I cried a little. Move on. You know, I've heard, just move on, mm-hmm. you know, time to get on to the next thing. And, and, um, in no way is that ever what Jesus wanted for us. Cause he was our example of that. If you look at him in the scriptures, like he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead mm-hmm. and he wept. Yeah. He wept with Martha and Mary, you know, because that was his brother. That was his friend. Yeah. He loves us in the moment. So we should never feel bad, you know, about mourning and grieving loss because this was a death. Yes. It was the death of my marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, the dreams that I had to grow old with this man and to, for him to be my forever, you know, it, it died. Yeah. You know, I mean, I still get to have a relationship with him. He's still alive and, you know, and. We see each other on major life events with our children and mm-hmm. grandchildren. And mm-hmm. um, and so that's how I know that true forgiveness has happened because I can share oxygen with him <laughs> and be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And his wife. I mean, he's remarried and okay. and love her. I think she's just great. And yeah. so. Cool. I bet uh, this is going to sound really tacky, but I was thinking like. <laughs> If I were you and I knew I was going to see him every time, I'd be like, I'm making sure I'm looking good. <laughs> I mean, that might have crossed my mind. <laughs> Just once or twice. I mean, maybe. Hey, y'all, real quick before we get back to the show, I would love to hear from you that you're listening to the show. So come find me on Instagram at Kara Dawn Z. That's K-A-R-A-D-A-W-N-Z. And also, if you can leave a rating and review on iTunes, it will really help people, um, more people to find the shows and hopefully feel encouraged too and less alone as they hear these women's stories. Okay, so talking about like death of dreams, I feel like you and I have talked before too about Mm -hmm. even dreams you have for your kids. Mm -hmm. 
your grandmother now, you mm-hmm. a Gigi, mm-hmm. you um, you're parenting adult kids, which I'm so curious, like what that's like. Um, I know that you're watching some dreams be fulfilled in them having mm-hmm. children and getting married and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But then other dreams dying and having to watch that. How mm-hmm. do you what's parenting like now that they're all kind of on their own? Yeah, it's very surreal. <laughs> um, first off, when you watch your daughters walk down the aisle towards you, you know, to marry their husbands is surreal. Holding their child for the first time when you can vividly remember holding them as a child mm-hmm. is very surreal mm-hmm. and beautiful. Um I mean, it goes by so fast. I can sit here and tell you that because you still got two in there in the crib. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> These days are long. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> preach it. Preach it, Dan. It goes, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what everybody says, though. Yeah, I promise. And it is. I, mean, I even, promise yeah. it's the truth. Yeah. Um, And so I did get to, you know, be on that side of it with the girls. And, and so that was a beautiful thing. And um, I also have been on the other side of that in the last year with my son, Tyler, who probably gave me one of the most shocking sentences as a mom to date that I've gotten when when he told me that he had, you know, gotten a girl pregnant and um, was not married to her and obviously and mm-hmm. was not even really in a relationship with her. He knew her, and they had hung out before. Um, so my mind, you know, was reeling from that. All along, I have known that I made my children idols. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is whenever there was never a shadow of a doubt <laughs> that I had, you know, made my children idols and um, looked to them for my worth Hmm. and tell uh, you who you were mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because not to toot my own horn (laughs) but (laughs) you had done a pretty good job I I had done a pretty good job by golly Uh, and please don't hear that as no I know what you're saying plenty of mistakes um (laughs) I had to ask my kids for forgiveness a lot of times and to pray for mommy's patience yeah all that, all that, but all that to say, yeah, um, it wasn't just so much that I had felt like I had done a decent job of being a mother, mm-hmm. it's that I loved it, yeah, like I just felt so honored mm-hmm. um to be their mother. You felt like it was what oh, you were created for, yes, mm-hmm. yes, and 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 that in itself does not mean your children are idols to feel that way. That is a blessing. Yeah, totally. To have that kind of love and desire, and and to do it right, and to yeah, and to want to do it well. Mm-hmm. But it's whenever they take the place of God, and you put them there up on the pedestal, and um, look to them for your joy mm-hmm. and your happiness, and your life is totally affected by them. That doesn't mean when you're disappointed in something that they do. My gosh, they must be an idol. No, that's not it. Right. It's, I mean, we all know the difference. Yeah. And so that was made evident, you know, whenever all this came to light. Yeah. He was in his last year of doing his rotations at pharmacy school. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, those dreams that I had for him of finishing pharmacy school and getting a job and then falling in love and Mm -hmm. then them being married and that. Not that's the, the dream I yeah. had for him. Yeah. Um, so I have had to mourn and grieve, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that dream that I had for him. But it also um, showed me very clearly that Janet is not in control. Mm. Yeah. And it's something I struggle with constantly and have my whole life. Yeah. Um, as far as control. Goes. Yeah. I had a, but right before I had Rye, my firstborn. Um, I had a mom, she has eight kids, tell me, like, I was like, what's your advice? And one of her things was, like, the sooner you realize you're not in control, you're going to have a lot less heartache. Mm-hmm. Because she was talking about when one of her 
Kez was like going through rebellion and Mm -hmm. into drugs and all these things. And um, she was going to counseling because she's like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. Like they are like out of control. I can't, you know, I'm out of, like, I can't control anything anymore. And Mm -hmm. um, her counselor was like, well, I hate to break it to you, but you actually never had control. They just like (laughs) chose to obey you or not obey you. Exactly. (laughs) Which is funny because now like it's like I'll tell Rye like, oh, thank you for choosing to obey me. Like even just trying to tell myself he's Mm -hmm. choosing to obey you. You're not in control. (laughs) But um, do you feel like that because you've had a lot of heartache and a lot of pain and hurt all throughout your life Mm -hmm. that you want to save them from that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've put that on my shoulders that Mm. I'm the one that needs to rescue them Mm. when they need rescuing. Like, God forbid, if our children fall and, you know, have to learn from hurts and failures, because I can definitely look back over my life and that's where I've grown the most. Yeah. It's through every struggle. Yet I'm trying to protect them and keep them from having those. But that's where I grow. Yeah. In my faith. And I'm not supposed to be their rescuer either. I'm supposed to point them to the rescuer. Yeah. And so, and that's God. Yeah. So, so the la- you talked about this last year, really mm-hmm. experiencing a lot more healing. Can mm-hmm. you talk about that? What, what the last sure. year has been like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So when all this happened with Tyler, he had not told his sisters and I, it wasn't my story to tell. Mm-hmm. And so I had to carry that by myself. And, and I talked to my daughters every day. Mm-hmm. Saw them during this time and, you know, had to hold it in. You're it probably, was, like, really yeah. close. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're one of my best friends. And yeah. so I just could not um, say anything. Yeah. It wasn't my story to tell. It was his. And so I went and spoke to um, an elder and his wife at Frontline. Frontline and, is a church we go to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> love me some Frontline. Yeah. Um. And that was my first time to say it out loud. And so in the midst of telling them, and I mean, I am just a heap on the floor, like Mm -hmm. bawling my eyes out, just reeling from this. And during our conversation, I just told him, I said, gosh, I just, this is just not what I wanted for him. Like I wasn't planned because my mom wasn't married mm. when she had me. Mm. And and I just I just didn't want that for him. And so he stopped me and he said, what did you say? And I said, I mean, I wasn't planned. Like I was conceived in sin. Like there's no way I'm part of God's plan. Mm. And he said, yes, you were. <laughs> You're supposed to be here. And I like looked at him and I said, but how could I like, and he said, God, you were, you were, you were planned before this world was ever created. He was talking about you too. Like God's love is perfect. It, it doesn't matter if it came from an imperfect and, or you came in an imperfect way. Yeah. You were supposed to be here and this baby is supposed to be here. Mm. And I think that was the first time. And at that point, 52 years, that I realized that I believed all along that I wasn't supposed to be here, that I wasn't planned. So when I would read Psalm 139, that didn't apply to me, Hmm. you know, about being fearfully and wonderfully made and knitted together in your mother's womb. I could believe it for someone else Yeah. and knew it to be true, but my heart didn't, didn't believe that. Yeah. And that I was supposed to be here. And so that meant this baby was supposed to be here too. Yeah. And my world was forever changed in that moment. And so at that point, I had to start just delving deep and trying to hear what God had to say. And I wish I could say that I believed what he told me immediately, but it didn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. You don't believe something for 52 years and in one instant. Just totally change your way of thinking. Yeah. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And for sure, change your heart. Because a lot of times in our heads, we can know the truth. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's that 18-inch journey that we have to take mm-hmm. from our mind to our heart to believe it to be true. Yeah. 
And so, in God's goodness, I listen to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I never listen to podcasts. I don't usually have that kind of time cut out in a day to just carve out 45 minutes to an hour to listen to one. But for some reason, I just felt led. I mean, I knew you from our community group, Mm -hmm. and you were um, just interviewing Sarah. Sarah Hall, yeah. Yeah. And when I heard her story about, you know, she had Devin when Mm -hmm. she wasn't married, Mm -hmm. and I'd immediately just heard from the Lord, she's your person. She's who you need to reach out to. Um, And so I did. And that's when the healing journey began for me. And um, so when I met with her, she wanted to hear my story. And I said, because I clearly went there to talk about Tyler. (laughs) I was not your story. (laughs) Like, it was not about me. It was what was going on with my son. Sarah's so good about that. And I need. (laughs) What's going on with you? (laughs) I said, like from the beginning, like from the womb, like <laughs> what, what I did not know her. Yeah, I mean, I knew who she was married to, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, just knew of him from yeah. being up there on stage leading worship. Right. Um. I didn't. I didn't know her, mm-hmm. but I just knew that God had told me that I was supposed to talk to her. So I shared with her my story, which is a lot of what I shared with you today. Mm-hmm. Um. And in the midst of my story, it. It also came up about some sexual abuse that had happened mm-hmm. in my life. But I just, as I always have in the past, have always brushed, Swept it under the rug. just kind of brushed over that real fast, Yeah, skip right over that, and mm. let's just, you know, get to the rest of my story. Mm. And she was able to just speak truth back into my life about the shame and the guilt that I was carrying and that she could hear how I've taken it upon myself to fix people Mm. and to try to let them off the hook by me taking it on, Mm -hmm. um, excusing them. And even specifically to people that had abused you, just excusing them or letting them off the hook. Somehow, like, being my fault or they didn't mean to, whatever, you just fill in the blank of an excuse. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And obviously... I had no idea that I even felt that way or voiced it, but I accepted it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't even know her, but accepted it as just a word from God that I needed to hear. So that led me down the path of working through the ugliness mm-hmm. of sexual abuse and, and telling my story to her and then two other girls that were in our group, mm-hmm. uh, meeting weekly and just doing the hard work. Uh, we did Healing the Wounded Heart by okay. Dan Allender. Okay. Highly recommend it. Okay, I haven't heard it, anyone. but I'll put it, yeah, I'll put it yes. in our show notes. I mean, okay. it's not, it's not going to you're going to leave that on your coffee table. I mean, okay. it's not, okay. it's not a book for the faint of heart. Uh, uh, okay. It is, a, it's hard. Yeah. You go to some really hard places, but it. It's not just even about the actual abuse that happened, but just the the lies that you have believed. And and it's so crazy how something, an event in your life can affect how you've treated every relationship Mm -hmm. since then. So that was what was so eye-opening to me. Mm -hmm. And... And what I told the young girls that are in it, like, gosh, if I had just had this kind of healing and work through this before I ever got in any relationship with a man, yeah, um, I think about the ways it would have just made me a better wife and a better mother and a better friend. Like, it was just huge, just huge. And mm-hmm. we just finished up last week. Wow. And that was from... So it's been like a year. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. 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 About nine months. Yeah. So the best way to describe it for me is I feel like I've come out on the other side. Mm. And how I know that I have is because my circumstances didn't change. Yeah. So it wasn't circumstantial for my heart to change mm. um, because the, the facts and the truth, I mean, I'm still divorced. 
Yeah. I'm still, my son still has a child mm-hmm. out of wedlock. Um, I mean, the pain of the rejection that I have felt, whether it be from, you know, not knowing my real dad mm-hmm. and, and the sexual abuse and just the different things in my life that have happened, like, they're still there. Yeah. But I've come out on the other side. Yeah. And I'm better and I'm good and I the healing has definitely taken place. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there aren't any things that creep back in because if I ever do meet someone and mm-hmm. get married, there's parts of the study and the workbook that deal with marriage and mm-hmm. a spouse. Mm-hmm. Well, I just got to skip that part. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't apply to me right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when that more happens, work to do. right. Yeah, because I can sit here and and say my heart has been healed in a lot of different areas, mm-hmm. but I won't know until I'm in that situation what's yeah. going to rear its ugly head again, maybe. Yeah. So looking back on all that, do you see God or where do you see him um, after having walked through some healing and looking back and seeing mm-hmm. those circumstances didn't change? But mm-hmm. like, what's your view of, of God in the midst of all that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I met with my friend, Amy, she helped reveal some stuff to me that I didn't even realize that I was believing about God, that we, a lot of times will, we will correlate our earthly father to Mm. our, um, heavenly father. And for me and what I realized through all this is that I truly didn't trust God. Yeah. I could say all day and could tell you all day that you just need to trust in him. Mm-hmm. You know, he will not let you down. He's our, you know. Yeah. Um, and I could quote you the scripture of trusting him with all your heart and lean on all your understanding and mm-hmm. all your ways. Acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Mm-hmm. That was great for, you know, Kara. Yeah. And Janet could say it. Yeah. But Janet didn't do it. Right. Um, I, yeah. I trusted him to, well, it's more of, God, can you um, just give me the tools to take care of this? And I mean, yeah. um, and then I'll take care of it. Yeah. So I was, I was obviously you can't. No. Kinda. I was no, like, the exactly. Lord can't because mm-hmm. he, he's let all this stuff happen. Yeah. I mean, so I mean if you could just give job. me the tools to <laughs> yeah. do it, I'll take care of it. Yeah. Because I'm in control. Right. So... That's the thing that I feel like I've learned the most over this journey is, and even throughout this 10-year journey that I went on with the healing of the divorce, was that my trust has to be in him, and I can trust him. He is trustworthy, and I don't have to control things. I don't have to, it does, it's not mine to carry. It's not mine to control. I can just give that up. and trust him with my life and my children's life and my grandchildren's life Mm -hmm. and that he knows better and he has shown that I can see his goodness and kindness through this last year with how you know I met the mother that was carrying my son's baby fell in love with her and just Mm -hmm. loved on her and then watched Tyler, you know, embrace fatherhood and love this baby. And Mm -hmm. now they're Mm co-parenting this child. And I can just. It's not your burden. You can enjoy. Yeah. And just be so thankful for this child. And, And I get a little glimpse of what my mom's parents felt for me Hmm. because I never for one second doubted how much they loved me and adored me and um so now I'm on that side of it and never want Easton to think for one second that he is not wanted and is supposed to be here and loved just like my other grandchildren are you know like he 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 was knitted together in her womb and was planned. Yes. And so that's... I love that. Yeah. I uh, love him. So sweet. <laughs> just precious. Like, and then he looks just like his daddy, and that's surreal again, sweet. just holding your son's son. I really can't even imagine at this point. <laughs> <laughs> 
So speaking of crazy, Janet told me a story that's just so, so crazy. I wish I could play the whole thing for you because it's so cool, but we only have time to hit the highlights. So about 10 years ago, Janet was 42. And she gets this Facebook message out of the blue from a guy who'd grown up in the same hometown. And at first, they're just shooting the breeze. And then he says casually, Well, one time we were out at a party or doing something, and this girl was flirting with me. And you told her to leave me alone because I was your brother. And so at that moment, I happened to notice his last name. And that's all I ever knew about my real dad was I just knew his name. And so totally jokingly just said, oh, well, you know, you could be my brother. I said his last name was Holt, first name Joe. Does that ring a bell? And he said, yes, that's my dad. So they met and talked, and Janet said to tell her dad. He needs to know, like, I have forgiven him. Like, I can't change the past. I can't change what we didn't have. I can just change what we have now and for the future. So to make a beautiful long story short, at 42 years old, Janet met her dad for the first time. I could not get to him fast enough. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was started walking and it was fast <laughs> and I just ran to him and he we both just started crying. Oh. And so he <laughs> just <laughs> I know. So we just like like, you're my dad. Like that is so Janet now lives like 20 minutes away from her dad and his wife, who was actually the one that followed and and traced Janet all along, which is really cool. And Janet found out she has two sisters, three brothers. They've all just welcomed her in with open arms, treated her like she's been a part of their family all along, as well as her kids and her grandkids. They all are a part of that family now, which is really sweet. And Janet's mom was super supportive of her finding her dad as well. So it's been a really cool gift for Janet. So the last question I ask every guest is, Mm -hmm. if you could go back five or 10 years, maybe you're just like 15 Mm. years or whatever, and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? It's a great question. Um, I would say to probably not waste all the minutes I spent not trusting and not believing that in no way could I mess up God's plan for my life, Mm. that I have a purpose. And I'm supposed to be here, mm-hmm. whether I'm married or not, whether I have children or not, whether I'm a Gigi or not. Mm-hmm. Just the time that I spent believing that I had it all figured out and could do it on my own and just relying on him. Yeah. You know, and trusting him with my story. Because if I was in charge, I would have written my story differently. Mm-hmm. I would have written some of my children's stories differently um but at the end of the day he's god and i'm not for notes from today's show you can go to headedsomeplace.com you'll see a picture of janet and her dad and other photos i put some links up there too like the book she recommended not to put on your coffee table I also post blogs there from time to time, so go to headedsomeplace.com. Special thanks today for our music provided by thelightparademusic.com and Frontline Music produced by Dustin Ragland. Thank you all so much for listening, and I hope today you feel a little less alone and a little more encouraged.